Oh, Mountaineer Nation, it is game day and a special edition. Out from the porch, CJ and Mike. Join me, we're going three wide. Talking all about the Cougs and the Mountaineers this evening. Also, we're going to take a stroll back down through memory lane and talk about some of the greatest victories in Dana Holgerson's time with the Mountaineers. We'll, we'll go and give you the, the psychologist perspective on this game because there's going to be a lot of that. But there's also going to be a football game played between two teams and kids that were only like 12 when Dana Holgerson was last in Morgantown. So you guys know what to do. It's in the morning, grab that coffee, feel stuff. It's in the evening, grab the drink, and come on back because we're talking all things the Mountaineers and the Cougs. Dana versus Neil. You know what to do. Cannot wait. Let's go. Gave us a prediction. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll share that with us later. Um, how are you guys doing tonight? Less than uh, you know, 24 hours away from this big contest and kind of a grudge match with, uh, with the former ball coach. I'll elect to receive. Um, I'm happy to be here. Uh, unlike popular belief, uh, I have not been gone because of the foreign one. <laughs> covering the, the high school golf tournament last week, had a couple of outings and on obligations, been off the road. Seven-hour round, correct? Uh, yes, yeah, seven-hour rounds at the state golf tournament. Uh, hopefully we get to that at some point. We'll get to it right now. That's not right. Seven hours? I mean, come on. That's watching two college football games on a Saturday. 100. That's a shift at work. I, 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 around I, golf. Walking or riding, four hours of golf is standard. If it takes you five, that's pretty much the cap. Over five and a half is past reason. I don't blame I say, can we can, can we get a pace of play guy out here? Good Lord. There's, there's, while we're young, you know? There's a exactly Yes, sir. There are <laughs> so many rules officials out there that are supposed to be their job. They don't do it. And unfortunately, you really can't cover the event the way you'd like to as results. But that's my beef Tuesday, Wednesday. Um, we move on. We talk about West Virginia. And I'm happy to, man. Let's go. We're, we're turning the corner right now. We're at the point to where West Virginia might be playing relevant football games late in the year. They have the chance to, to make that a possibility. Let's keep it going. Yep, absolutely. I mean, hey, this, this game... <laughs> Against against the Cougs goes a long way toward making those games relevant. Long way toward it. CJ, what you got, brother? Good to have you in. I know you're a little feisty with me right now. We've been chatting baseball off, so I'm hoping you bring this intensity to this football conversation, my friend. Oh, I, oh, I'm going to know. I'm I'm excited. Um, I'm pumped. As pumped as as probably I am. Uh, I I'm hoping all the. Uh, West Virginia kids um, just have one quote running through their head and they're ready to just knock people's heads off. And you know, it's interesting. See, you bring that quote up. It's pretty infamous now, what he said on the way out, um, you know, about West Virginia kids not being able to recruit the state and win a Big 12 championship. And Unless yeah. I forget a West Virginia kid, what, two years ago in the draft went top 10? Right, yeah. No, granted. Hey, Darnell, Mr. Darnell Wright was a guy that Dana couldn't bother to drive down to Huntington Ford. So, like, I want to look at it from two ways here tonight. I think there's a, you know, 10,000-foot perspective on this game. And then there is the on-the-ground boots level, which is what this game's really going to come down to on this game. Um, which one's more fun? I think we know which one's more fun. Mike, you want to tell us? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm your 10,000 guy. CJ, I'll let you give us the dose of reality. Um, I, mean, I was actually going to say you're the football guy, right? You've told us that all year. Figure you can well, boost on the ground a little bit with this. And, uh, I mean, they're, they're both fun. And hopefully for us, they're both real fun. I, I'm, look, Blaine, I'm the psychologist. From my perspective, this is the our former coach gone on a separate mission with a chance to upend the current existing – power which remains unproven neil brown for his career is still horrible he, he has not proven anything 
but I'm going to hang in there for what's happening right now. He has a chance this season right now to carpe diem seize the day, but he's a 500 mm-hmm. coach. Let's be real. Dana Holgerson is, is trying to keep his head above water right now. His nose is starting to seep below the water, but he's it barely, he's got a nostril up there. He's got one up there. And, and, and I think that's the macro view. That's the 10,000 foot view is can Dana Holgerson's main strength, which is aggressive play calling beat Neil Brown, who has a talented defense with momentum and is also fighting for his job, but now has like a game and a half. Got a little cushion. Yeah. Hmm, interesting. Interesting. CJ, what, is, is that your kind of feel 10,000 foot as well, or do you have a little bit different vibe to this? Because I, I got a little bit of a different one too than what Mike's bringing here, but I want to hear yeah, what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Mike's somewhat right from his from his ten thousand feet. I, I'll I'll push back and disagree a little. I don't think Danny's got a nostril above water. I think he's breathing through a snorkel right now. <laughs> okay, all right, okay. Uh, simply Steve. just be simply just because of the the way Major Applewhite was fired and the quotes that came out when they fired him. You know, we're not a eight win or less team. Like they pretty much set the standard of we want double digit wins. And since Dana's been there, they haven't done that. So like you can't kick a guy out after basically two years and say, we demand, we expect better than eight wins and keep Dana around and be this bad. Like, okay. And and CJ, I want to ask this point in this question, times change, you know, expectations change. Let's, let's think about it. You were in a league where you kind of were able to dominate. Let's be fair, but didn't, well, no, 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 you did with Herman, and you were, and then Major Applewhite took it over, and you really didn't, and then Dana kind of came in there, and you've been pretty good in that league, but now you're moving up a level two. Is this the time that you that you throw him out? Well, here's... I, I get your point, though, about the eight, about the, you know, double-digit win standards, and, you know, him to this point, you know, has not done it. Do well, we have some I mean, numbers on Dana in his Houston career? Okay, and you know what, and I, and I will give you that. I mean, but here's here's kind of the thing, though, is they wanted this move so badly to a Power Five conference, right? You couldn't barely you you couldn't even come close to selling out your first Big Twelve home game. Like something in hmm. there isn't isn't steading right. And yeah, your numbers for Dana at Houston all time. Uh, well, Houston for right now is twenty nine and twenty three. He had the twelve and yeah. two season at twenty one, and that's it. Four and eight, three and five, twelve and two, and then eight and five, and they're two and three now. Yeah, I mean, last year probably wasn't the year they would have liked. And then obviously, was it his first year when they kind of like uh, he had the issue with? with the Reek King and those guys all kind of bailing after like game four, when they started off with like some tough competition, I think they lost like a game to Bama and somebody else, like, and then lost it kind of a heartbreaker. And then just like the whole team transferred. Then you had COVID year. You were real good. And then last year you weren't that you're regressing at the moment, which is a bad sign for him for sure. Well, they're, they're regressing. And the thing is, 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 and yeah, he's been known for his, aggressive play calling and things like that, but I don't think they've been real great offensively. Like they're averaging barely a point more than we are. On this season, you mean, correct? Yeah. This season. I mean, they've had some, their quarterbacks had some opportunities to turn the ball over and teams didn't take advantage of it, which granted neither is West Virginia a couple of times this year, but I mean, I, and it's still a true Dana. Hmm. I mean, in that they're all offense and no defense, right? Like they're defensively, they are absolutely inept, and that's putting it nicely. Yeah, I mean, and, and we're and we're getting more down boots on the ground right now. For yeah, Dana. yeah, that's more boots on the ground. But I mean, I, I think from a national perspective, it's going to be Dana coaching against his old team. You know. Obviously, the pretty good difference in, difference in styles of you know who Dana is and who Neil is. Like 
it, it's going to be sling it, you know, sling it a little bit. <laughs> one, yeah, I mean, it, and I expect a lot of the telecast to kind of be sort of that. It is Dana versus Neil, when the reality is that's not what it is, but it makes for great TV story. Less so but, than it would have been on ESPN. Like FS One's going to kind of stay more on the football side of things, I think, than ESPN would have. Uh, that's just my opinion. And, and and they probably will, which will be a good thing. I, I'm really hoping that's what they do. Um, but, I mean, there, there's a lot going into this one. You know, you know, Neil obviously is still still somewhat coaching for his job. Do, do we feel like and, this is as important a game for Neil as, like, it, even say Pitt? Because it is Dana. Like, granted, you're 4-1, well, but it's a conference game you're supposed to now win – and it's versus Dana. I think it might be, right? Well, I mean, I, I, I think this one in the grand scheme of things is probably probably more lean towards who needs it is more Dana just to get a a, a, a conference win. It's a big win. Um, well, that's not I, so much I, more who needs it, but it's a big win for Neil, like, in terms of his job yeah, security. I, if you get this one, if he goes the other way, now you're four and two, some more noise. How'd you lose to Houston? Yeah, no, I, I think I think four and two, you're a little better with it because you did beat Pitt. Uh, I think. I mean, what, I, it's all about what you've done in the moment lately, right? To true. some extent, I mean, true. But here's my thing, though: is here's my only pushback with you on that. That's a tough stance for you to take when you said last week was house money with TCU. Oh no, no I, I agree. I mean, I, I get what you're saying there, but. Now it's the stakes are higher, and this is also Dana. Again, I think there's an element to this that is different than TC last last week was the – or two weeks ago, you know, it was the defending Nash, defending national runners up. Like, and you're on the road, you know, and, and you just won two in a row. Like, this one now, you, now we're on a four-game winning streak. There's more expectations. If you lose it, the fall is even maybe farther from grace then had you just lost against TCU and then come back and win this game. Like, I, I'm just putting it out there. Mike, what do you think, man? Uh, all right, I'm going to – can I give you the on-the-ground analysis now? I, I'd love to hear it. I mean, but, but 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 really, though, real quickly, though, do you think this one, though, for him is kind of as big in terms of if he loses it, what he has to lose for his job job security? I don't think so. I mean, I'm I'm looking at a president that last year said that five and seven was rather good, and I, okay. I, okay. Up to, I got you. Yeah, it's a factor because it's not what my opinion is. I'd still fire him at four and one. I think Rich Rod can take this program from here, but that that's that's completely separate. Mm-hmm. Realistic prediction of what's going to happen? No, Neil Brown's job is far from uh, like in question oh yes no no doubt but i mean in terms of temperature for that hot tea game with with maybe not even administration i think you're right about that mike i think the administration now is now very happy with where we're at with what neil's doing yeah. directionally wise it's there and, and, the fan and, base i think right the, the fan base will lose it if he loses this game if he loses this game it's 106 degrees on the seat it's Dana Holgerson. It's full circle, and it shows that a coach that's also on the hot seat can beat you based off savvy. And that's what Dana has. He, he, he is a football mind that is emotionally unstable. If that can beat Neil Brown, which it might be able to, I, I don't think he will beat Neil Brown because I don't think he has the roster top to bottom. I think it's like a situation where they come out early and get ahead, and then you see what we saw a lot with Dana, which is just – Things coming apart by the seams, bit by bit, gradually unglued. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what will happen. Um, but I mean, I, I think fan base wise, absolutely, peak Neil Brown sucks. He's good with the school; they don't care. And and yeah. it, can, I, can I give you some inside baseball? Give me a little inside baseball. All right, so, season's going on right now. Why not? So, so last year at the pressers, I used to see sh- like Shane Lyons just hanging out, being folksy, talking stuff up, mm-hmm. be- 
like acting like every like Neil Brown has only beat five teams with a winning record in his whole career. It's not it's not like he's got really any notable wins. Most of them are mundane, insignificant. But Shane Lyons, after victories, used to hang around like he just won the national championship. Guess who's doing the same thing this year? Mr. Baker. Ren Baker. He came into the pit game and and, and, and the other media, I'm not going to single people out because that's not fair and it because they could come around on me, but they, they, they were they were like giving him a little side conversation, acting like he's the AD, let's act like he's different than anybody else in the room. And, and he was they, they were doing that. And then, and then I saw this on video, but a couple of weeks later, Neil Brown was like, let me let me shout something out in my opening remarks, Ren Baker getting into the Southeastern Oklahoma Hall of Fame. Like, like he becomes friends with the athletic directors and, and then they're on the chopping block, but Neil's fine. Like that's part of this. He, he is a, a genius at making friends with the right people. I'm not kidding. This stuff. There's matters. a skill to that, Mike, you know, this stuff and really matters guys. It does. Yeah. It's a big, Oh yeah. I mean, it's because it's all personalities, you know, it's inside, it's inside like our favorite sport, all three of us, it's inside baseball. It's, I, it's just an expression I, I learned recently. and It's a beautiful one, too, by the way. It's a good one. And, and part of the reason that Neil Brown has complete job security is because he becomes friends with the people inside the organization. Do you think Rich Rod Game Week is worried about shouting out Ed Pastelong for getting into his school's Hall of Fame? No, he's focused on the opponent. And I'm just going to say it because he's proven it right now in his current job. We need Rich Rodriguez, and, and I'll let the host, Blaine Smith, run your show. But right now, I'm, I'm, I'm on a Rich Rod wave. I really- <laughs> hey, I'll say this. He, he definitely has done a great job at Jacksonville State this year. Like, they've come out and played like gangbusters. Now, till they bring into your, your flames there yesterday, CJ, your boys from Liberty kind of took it to him. <laughs> but, um, yeah, they did. Yeah, I mean, hey, I. It's still an intriguing, intriguing guy, you know. In in my mind, I'm 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 not sure the fan base would ever allow that to happen. You know, it's kind of funny we're bringing Rich into the conversation while we've got Dana and now Neil. And why, you think, why not? Bobby Bowden, Don Nealon. Well, you know, hey, hey, bring up Bobby because this will be the first time that we've faced a former coach since Bobby Bowden back in the Gator Bowl. No yep. way. Oh, that is, and we and we lost to Bobby twice in the Gator Bowl. The last one was his last game ever. Can I give you another tidbit off that day? Give me something there, Mike. So I'm in West Lafayette, Indiana. Ah, yep, yep. You're watching us losing basketball at the same time. I'm I'm giving Devin Ebanks a dap up while he's getting off the bus, as well as his hugsness, Truck Bryant, Deshaun Butler, all of them. And then we got our ass whooped. It was bad. And then we lose the ball game, too. Yeah, yeah. The ball game, was that was a tough one in the ball game. I guess we didn't mention Bill Stewart on the bingo card just now. That was Those were his teams <laughs> that got lost. That lost to uh, Bobby in that Gator Bowl. No, I mean, fellas, I will say this. And, you know, I'm, I'm very much – I love the way this football team is playing, getting boots on the ground finally here. Like, the offensive line is – tough it's it's been very good now there is some reason for concern due to remax injury and now you know while mile and interestingly enough like poked in the eye and he's still they're not sure if he's gonna play or not like how bad and how direct was that poke to the eye um i hope he's back that'd be a huge addition huge for our offensive line he's a big guy out there and he's very good so we could utilize him for sure because if we don't have those guys on the O-line, that, that kind of takes away from some of our strength, and that makes me a little concerned um, heading into this game. Yeah, well, I mean, I think if, you know, if you're looking at it, 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 it depends with Wild Island. I mean, you know, if you catch it kind of flush, how's the bruising? Can you really see? How much did it swell? And I'm going to be honest with you here. I want to ask this question. How much of it might be, and because this is a little out of Neil's wheelhouse, maybe a little gamesmanship of, well, we're not really sure if he's going to go yet or not. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think he kind of did that earlier this year too, right? So it makes sense. They're, they're allowing him to do that a little more in college. The college coaches seem to be having more liberties with the injury report. So, yeah. 
I mean, supposedly Aubrey Burks is questionable, correct? That's I'm surprised by that development. Um, it'd be nice to have him out there for sure. I, I really like Burks when he comes up and smacks people. When the ball's in the air and that's his job, that's when I don't like Burks. Burks you're, a little, you're a little more nervous about him. I, I want to see him more so in like the spear position. Let let him replace Lathan and put somebody else in the secondary. He he's better coming up and hitting people. Uh, supposedly will have been Cutter. Uh, he's better than Lathan. Put him at outside linebacker. Yeah. Uh, you know, hey, and he's played well. I mean, I'm, I'm not necessarily worried about the loss of Lathan. I think it will hurt us a little bit, but it's huge. Next man up. It's yeah, huge. You think so? It's because here's why Lee Koba was flying around making plays, absolute stud, and he, he'll continue to. His numbers will probably even go up after Lathan goes down. But Trey Lathan gave you another Lee Koba that was like the next one up in line, pretty much the same skill set, but not quite as polished. And now he goes down, you lose half your linebacking core. That was heartbreaking. I don't have any question, but I mean, can we not maybe just maybe kind of replace it a little bit there? I mean, Lathan was playing great. That's There's no question. He was probably a freshman All-American. He was um, he was so freaking good for like three weeks. Last three weeks, Lathan was a beast. And maybe we can hopefully continue to get the pass rush up front. Uh, you know, with with Tommy and and Eddie, Eddie Van D, uh, and you know, I think I think Bartlett's going to have to be uh, Sonny Redwood's going to play again that. too. Oh yeah, Bartlett. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, I think our defense is fine, right? Like. Are we worried about our defense against Houston? I, I, the quarterback scares me a little bit that he's big and strong and apparently, I mean, a pretty decent ability to run the football. I mean, they, they're putting up points. It's, their offense hasn't necessarily been their issue. No, I mean, their offense hasn't been. I, I think it's a little – a slight worse just because – you're talking about a guy in Latham, a linebacker who can who can play in space. You know, can drop in, can cover, can can rush. Aubrey Burks, you know, kind of on that back end and that secondary. Like it, it's it's some of those things. I think you worry about just in that. What do you have behind it? I mean, obviously, the guys behind him got a lot of run in the TCU game, so that's helpful. Plus, you get kind of the extra week of reps and all that. But I think there is a little bit of concern just because, I mean, those are those are two starters essentially that you know are, are voices um, on the field and get guys in position. So I think there is a little concern on that. But you know, I'm gonna give Jordan Leslie a little bit of props here because we banged on him pretty much all offseason. You, you banged on him. Okay, I bashed on him. Mike bashed on him. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. His, his second half adjustments have been very, very good this year. So I think that yeah, gives you a I mean, little bit of, little bit of. Okay, I think we'll is be. Is it not okay. fair to say it's just guys that are a little more experienced, guys that are a little bit more physical than they were a year ago? Like we've just matured a little bit, you know. And so that's making him a better coach too. Yeah. Fair. I I, I think so. I mean, I don't know if those it, – it's, it's, it's still – I look at this game and, like, while I feel good about our football team, it, it, it still has me extremely nervous now that we're upon it. Does it – you guys at all, or do you, do you kind of feel like what we do almost matches up perfectly against what Houston struggles with and vice versa? Definitely nervous about the football team, yes. But as it pertains to Houston, I'm I'm feeling pretty confident. I'm I, I, I'm not worried about our defense. I, I, the defensive line has been awesome. I, I mean, yeah, that was right. You think you you think you lose everything, and then out of blue field, Sean Martin lives up to his potential. He's gigantic. He is a huge human being, and yes. he he can. He, Give you the bull rush. He can make a play in special teams. He, Got the big old paws up there. Yeah. Yeah. I, man, Mike, you you bring up the, the D line's been incredible. 
Linebackers, yes, the oscillation is going to be big. Burks, like, there are a few losses potentially out there, which could be something to be concerned about. But we've also had some good depth this year. We've had guys that have played, like, and while Houston offensively is pretty good, I think if we shut down the run, we're going to be in okay shape. Like, you look at it, they haven't scored that many points um, this year against quality defenses. Like, they only scored 13 against TCU. That You know, they got 28 in a blowout against Texas Tech and some garbage time touchdowns, like 17 against the Roadrunners. They had to go to overtimes to get, you know, Rice to 41 and lost to Rice. Like, it should be – we should be in good position if we utilize the formula we've been utilizing this season. Lean on that offensive line, run the football. I think also the health of Garrett Green should be nice. Like, when you heard Neil Brown talk about in the press conference this week, he feels like the offense is about to take another step. And it, and this could be a real good, real good opportunity to do it against the Cougs defense, which is pretty porous, especially in the secondary. And really against the rush, too. I mean, they give up close to 165 yards a game on the ground. We should have a field day running the football. I mean, can can we get? I mean, yeah. If if uh, running the football is huge, can, can we get your guy uh, Horton involved a little more? I mean, we we've seen the flashes. We have not hit him, but he's been open. Hey, man! I'll tell you what. Had a big, big catch against TCU though for a first down. His first catches and only catches him out here so far was for like, I think it was fifteen yards on like a third and ten or something like that. It was a big play. Yeah, I want to see Horton more involved. I want to see the receivers make the plays this week. That's for sure. That yeah, yeah the shadow middle that was tough. Yeah, I I think there's two real things that I kind of want to see out of this game, and that's and it's and I understand our mo is is ball control and that kind of thing, but I would love to see a couple of explosive plays, whether that's in the pass game or the run game, you know those big chunk yardage plays, because um, I really feel like that's kind of really what's missing out of this offense right now is that just explosiveness at times. Um, I think that's a couple of Jaheim White touches, buddy, to be honest. Yeah, and, well, and here's the other thing that I really want to see. I, I want to see last year pre-injury C.J. Donaldson. Not hesitant, hit the hole, big yards, drag guy. Like, that's what I want to see. Yeah. Well, maybe, like we'll he's been maybe we'll see it really Thursday. Hesitant. That's and that's what I'm hoping for because this their, their run defense is absolutely atrocious. We ought to be able to just pound the rock on them. Um, but like I said, those, those are a couple of things I'd love to see just because we haven't quite seen win the battle yet. in the trenches, man. Win the battle in the trenches. Say it with your chest, like you called for all all seasons. He did. Tomorrow's a game where if the offensive line can win this football game alone on their own. Like, if Milan plays, that, that's a huge bonus for us. Boom, lean on them and allow Garrett Green to run the football some too and, and you know, hit some plays. Hold on to the football. Like like you guys said, let's get the predictions here. Let's get the predictions, and then I want to finish it with kind of talking a little bit about Dana's era in West Virginia and which games stick out the most to us from him. Uh, who wants to lead us off, man, with, with the predictions here? CJ, you want to go first? Yeah, I can go first. Why not? Zach isn't here to defer, so. Right, right. Oh, well, actually, you know what? We'll give Zach's prediction first. Okay. 34-13, good guys. He says, with Jaheim White getting a tutter, a long one, he says, at that. Uh, and receivers finally making plays. So, good uh, man Gigi has a day. So, now take the floor okay like I said I would love to see some explosiveness out of this offense you know I don't need you know two or three play drives type of explosive but find that chunk play where it's there I would love to find that in the ground game especially or maybe even once through the air Um, but I do think uh, this will be kind of a typical what we've seen out of this team, um, they're going to grind out drives. You're going to see 10, 11, 12 play drives. That's just how this team's constructed. Um, I expect Houston to come out fired up a little bit. 
you know, I don't think a lot of them, even some of the guys that transferred from West Virginia to Houston, I don't think that's as much motivation playing against your former team as just you need a conference win, right? You got to do something to feel good. Um, but I expect the defense, even with some of the injuries, to do their job against an offense that's not horrid. Um, but I, I expect for the first time we're going to be about midway through the fourth quarter, maybe actually feeling kind of comfortable. Uh, give me the Mountaineers 27-13. Okay. And they pitch a shutout in the second half. Oh, all right. A second straight shutout in the second half. Okay. Yeah. Give it to I like me. it. I like it. So Dane is really pulling out the hair uh, in the second half. Ooh, okay. Not a good look for Dana, but uh, what, what you got there, Mike? I agree with CJ on the game trend. Like, I, I, I do think, like, WV will have to make some adjustments at the half. That's that's what's happened the last few weeks. Dana Holgerson, I mean, to think that he's not going to come out with a chip on his shoulder with some wrinkles in the playbook, maybe even emptying the playbook, to think that would not happen would be a little delusional. He's going to give us everything he's got, but I think yeah. that's good enough to get a first-half lead. I think I think Houston will be up fourteen to nothing in this game, and I think WVU will ratchet down the hatches. The shutout second half, I'm totally on board with. I think West Virginia pulls away and they win this one. A little more high scoring. I think Garrett Green you get some confidence in this game. Thirty-eight twenty-one Mountaineers. Wow! Wow! Mike, quite frankly. I have to be honest, if I'm grading an essay yeah. on how this game was going to play out, that's 100%. Like, that's exactly how I'm feeling, the same way. I think Dana's going to pull some tricks early. They're going to have a lead, potentially, on it. I'm not going to go 14 nothing, But I think Houston will have some early success, and then we'll kind of – the tricks will run out. And then, boom, here comes the Mountaineers in the second half, leaning on that defense, and Garrett Green will have a lot of confidence. Mountaineers win this one 41 to 27. Over Houston. 41. Yeah, I, I think we're going to score some points on Thursday night. Yeah, really do. And I think Houston's going to help us with a couple turnovers. I really like the over in this game, sitting at 49 and a half. And what, what, give me that again. The over's at 49 and a half. Yeah, ah, man, I don't know because you've got, okay, look, th this is interesting. Uh, aside from game predictions, you have complete opposite humans coaching this football game. Yes, 100%. <laughs> I mean, I mean, if you gave me two Danos and you gave me that over-under, I'd say, holy shit, hammer the over. But if you gave me two meals, I'd tell you way up. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 this is it, this it is, is awesome for West Virginia. But I've been waiting for this game all year. I'm going to a wedding in Vermont, so that is what, what that is. But other than that, I'd be in Houston. I got approved for credentials, but I, I, I committed to the wedding before that, so it is what it is. I can't go. You know, it's 13 hours to Vermont. It'd probably be 16 to Houston, but I'm, I'm going to Vermont. Wish I could go to this one. This this game, this, all the storylines in this one, if you're a West Virginia person. It's interesting because I think it means, like you said, Mike, there's a lot of storyline. I think it means a lot to the players that transferred from West Virginia to Houston. How many? Uh, what you got, O'Laughlin? You have Tony Mathis. Okay. You know? That's okay. Um, All right. Yeah, you have Sam Brown, their top wide receiver. Uh, you know, so there's a lot of guys that, you know, and Sam Brown probably would be our guy right now. I mean, based off his numbers with the Cougs. Uh, yeah, but I mean, I mean Neil sucks. He he he's a minimizer. <laughs> he he oh, minimizes people. Hey, let's we we hey, it's winning now though, right? Would you not? Would you not say it's winning right now? 
I think it's going to mean a lot to those old coaches uh, that have West Virginia connections to play this game to some extent. They're going to, it's going to mean a lot to them. Might motivate their kids a lot too, but I think you have a good point, CJ. Like Houston just needs a big win in conference Thursday night at home. It's a big test to see if we are, if we've taken, if we kind of leap forward from where we've been to what we want to be, if we can get this one done. If we lose this one, I think we're kind of where we've been, potentially. Um, maybe with just a much better record this year because the Big 12 is going to allow us to be that way. I mean, I think I think we're going to get this one done, fellas, but there is a little bit of a twinkle in Dana's eye and, and, and it scares you a little bit. And we're going to talk about the past here a little bit now, real quick. Top Dana wins draft here, fellas. We're going to go three on three since we got three wide tonight. And uh, CJ, I'll let you take first pick, man. Your, your top win, top memory with Dana Holgerson with the Mountaineers. <clears throat> He was complimentary of us. Like, he really was. In his, yeah, he, he, he really was. This week. Um, he his grass isn't greener, man. I think he really realized that going, yeah, quite frankly. Uh, yeah. I, I think if you're going to go with – I'm going to have to go to one, and I'm probably going to steal somebody's here. It's got to be the Orange Bowl where I think, yeah, we just scored on Clemson again. That's obviously number one. I mean, yeah, it, yeah. I mean, I don't. I I think it would be hard pressed to find one. Like Neil said, you know, he sees that picture of him in that orange ball every time he pulls into the parking lot. You hard pressed, right? Yeah, I mean, just because that 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 game was you know national stage against Clemson and before Clemson you know started the dynasty portion of their their program, but you know, I mean, that was. I mean, that was a huge win, prime time. You set records in it. I mean, that was – I mean, you had pretty much the, the the nation's attention. I mean, you were pretty much the only game. So, I mean, I think yeah. that, that – It was epic. It was game. epic. And the way they all picked Clemson before and, you know, and Darwin Cook running it back 99, like, yeah, 100%. That's, that's his moment, you know, in it, despite it being in the first year. But it was his moment. Uh Mike, what do you got, buddy? Give me the game to get to that game. <laughs> I hear you. The South Florida game, right? South Florida. It's almost over. And what you have is two exceptional athletes with chemistry that have played together forever. And Geno Smith hitting Stedman Bailey on a post ball that Stedman has to completely lay out for. But Geno knows he's going to make that play. And he does, and then you kick the field goal. Betancourt, he didn't have the biggest leg, but he was incredibly clutch. And Holgerson was the coach for that one. He led that drive, and we would have never gotten to celebrate the Orange Bowl if we wouldn't have found a way in South Florida. 100%, man. That catch by Steady B was something else. Something else, yeah. All right, so you guys both went to year one. I'm going to go ahead and take probably his biggest Big 12 win. And it's the the game that we all remember with the Gus Johnson call, Gary Jennings with the catch, you know, in the back of the end zone, and and Will Greer scampering around there on the two-point play, just the epicness of that game and, and what it meant at that time for us in the season and you know granted it didn't end the way we wanted to but man that was that was such a moment in mountaineer history and we'll live on for you know forever and just the kind of the horns down and just dana you know let's let's win let's win the you know the bleeping game uh going for the two it was just just, was an incredible moment in in mountaineer history down there in austin yeah that that's a good one i that that is a good one. That's that's one that was kind of in there. I, I want to give you another and, one that just kind of hit. My it's head. him on brand too, CJ. You know what I mean? Like for him, like that was like yeah, him as a coach. Like yeah, this is how we're going to win. Uh, you know, we're swinging around a little bit. <laughs> I wanted to give you kind of a bonus one, one that just kind of hit me as we were talking. Oh, hey, you got next pick. You, you roll, oh, with it, buddy. Okay, yeah, I didn't, yeah. okay, we'll go around again. <laughs> um, no, no no circle draft here. You know. Okay. Tonight. Uh, yeah. 
2014 in Morgantown, number four Baylor comes into town and we whipped their ass. I like it. I like it. 41 24. Yeah. That was a big one. Well, I think that was just a, uh, it was Kevin White, man. Yeah. You know, Clint Trickett, Mario Alford, Kevin White. I mean, they had just, I mean, phenomenal games. And I mean, kind of the one thing I think stood out into me and, and with that one was, is just, you know, Tony Gibson basically like, we're going to press them. We're going to beat their wide receivers to absolute death. And they gave up about midway through the second half. You could just see that Baylor quit. They just, they were not having the physicality. Yeah. And they didn't. And, you know, it's sad to think that team that you're kind of had. And what's, what's interesting is Dana got us on the verge of the top 25 more in, in more seasons than he didn't. Um, with the Mountaineers, which is kind of, I think, what we want out of the program. Like, so it's sometimes when people kind of come at him and say he was kind of a failure, I think it was like he had his fleeting moments where he could have really had some success, didn't get there quite. And that's kind of, you know, his legacy, I think, is that he couldn't fully ever close the deal. But Hey, he was 61-41 in his time, and we were always around it, you know. Like you said, see, that year got us thinking we were okay and got into a bowl game because of that big win over Baylor. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mike, what's, what's, what do you got, man? It, I don't remember the exact season, but it was during the the four and eight year of the ultimate Ooh, cupboard. Okay. And, People talk about Neil's bear cupboard season. The cupboard was was nowhere to be found. It was not even a filing cabinet. It was it was a bare surface. I, I don't even know what to call it. And we we went, we went four and eight. We had Paul Millard at quarterback, Ford Childress. I don't remember who started this game, but Oklahoma State, who ended up being a top ten team that year, came to Morgantown, and you upset them out of absolutely nowhere. And, and we were horrible, but it was the one shining light in that season. Me and my dad went to the game. We absolutely loved it, and we we upset Oklahoma State when, when Mike Gundy was really Mike Gundy. Yeah, honestly, one of the only times we ever really kind of took them out. Yeah. Uh, Oklahoma State, especially under Neil. Or, excuse me, under Neil. Whew, under Dana. Y'all got a year on that one. I, I forget. Uh, I think it's 2013, Mike. Okay. I, guess uh, I think so, yeah. Yeah, just kind of looking at the his kind of career there. So, man, I'm going to go to it, – it, it's interesting because, I mean, like, you start thinking, and there's a lot of kind of blank wins in – that, that tenure. And a lot of the ones I think of from him were either blowouts at home or like some tight road games. So the Texas Tech road game with, with Will Greer, I remember that one pretty, pretty distinctly. Um, but I'll go to another game during that season. And it was the game right after Iowa State. And it was a Thursday night home game versus Baylor. And Will Greer and, and the boys just put on a show in front of the national audience on FS1. And uh, I remember even in the fourth quarter, the famous Jack Allison with a little salt bay there dropping dimes on him. That was a great night. And it kind of brought the program back and kind of put them back on stable footing for that season. Got them to where they thought they were going to be something heading into that Oklahoma game, which you could put that up there too. Even though they lost, they really showed something those nights. Both Oklahoma games, if you talk about Tavon, the game where they put him at running back, stroke of brilliance by him to put him at running back the way he did. Wish he probably would have done it earlier, right? Uh, and but, that's where he's different than Neil. Neil is known as like, he's doing things the right way. He's a CEO head coach, even though he calls the worst plays you'll ever see. Like, he doesn't really have something that you're like, that's that's what Neil Brown's good at. Dana does. He's a, he's really good at the X's and O's. Yeah, I mean, you know, CJ. Neil yeah. brings nothing to the, to the table. 
but but keep going. I, I, I went on a tangent. <laughs> no, that's all good. All right. Um, and this guy tells us that he just wasn't here because we were four and one. But okay. <laughs> I, have you you ever covered the West Virginia State golf tournament? You ever done that? You ever tried it? I have not. I have not. We that will get to Tuesday. this. That was my Tuesday. That was my Wednesday. I was at Richie Friday. And Saturday, I was I was chilling. Saturday, I got no excuse for Saturday. But, uh, we, but, had, I wasn't there Saturday yeah. either, sir. It was all good. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> all right, TJ, your last one, buddy. All right, I'll give you a last one, and I think it, it's and it's a game that I think, if I'm not mistaken, probably just ended five minutes ago. Um, 2015. Oh yes, in Phoenix, Arizona. The 43-42 win over Arizona State in God knows what that bowl game is called now. Oh, I know. Tostita. The, no, the Cactus, no. the cactus oh. Bowl. It was the Cactus time. Bowl. Yeah. Yeah, that uh, game was. Out there in the ball. You know, in baseball. Dodgers and Diamondbacks. Yep. And Chase, uh, Chase Field. Yeah. yeah, the game was. The old, the old Bob Bank on Ballpark. Yeah. yeah, I mean that game was that game had a little bit of everything in it. Everything. Howard Howard to Gibson at like two forty five in the morning. Yeah, I mean no stills. He hit stills for the for oh, the game winner. Stills, oh. you know. But you the, had you the know legend began uh, early. Yeah, you had a you know a point after blocked and returned for two points. You had a safety in that game like that. There was so much in that game, and then to be up till like three something in the morning, like it was it was kind of a wild one. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Mike, you got I mean, another one there? Has nobody taken the obvious one, the Baylor, the Baylor game? Is that it's still on the board? Uh, no, I think I think see which which, which Baylor? Yeah. Uh, video game stat Baylor game. You took that. <laughs> no, I took it when that came in number four, and we spanked them. I did not. I had not taken that either yet. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna go ahead and grab it. I mean, I had I had another one on my on my mind. Blaine will probably take it. If not, it'll be an honorable mention. But yeah, how do you ignore that game? I mean, I'm I'm watching that, and that that's like at the time, like as an adult, I'd be like, okay, no one's playing defense. I'll watch in the fourth quarter. But as a teenager, I was like, let's go. What are we doing? We got this. Oh my God! It was it was literally it was it wasn't a track meet. It was pretty much basketball. It it was ridiculous. And Stedman Bailey showed what he could do. Geno Smith, I mean, I mean, pretty much a seven on seven for him. If you want to criticize Pat Miller and the rest of that secondary, you can. But I'm going to take the positive spin. I'm going to say that that was great offensive football. <laughs> it was great offensive football, though. It really was. It, it really was because if you look at that team, I mean, Tavon Austin, and somebody uh, on the uh, on the the show that I worked for, Touchdown City, I think it was Anthony pointed this out really well. Like Tavon, really, he wasn't used the right way in the NFL. Nobody really gave him a shot to be who he actually is in the league. He's electric. He's amazing. Yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of funny. I feel like. If, had he been used how how Tyree kills used by Andy Reid, maybe yeah. he could have had some similar success. I'm not saying he's on that quite level, but he was pretty shifty. Uh, Tavon, we all saw it. Um, no, Mike, I, I'm I'm going to take one from the opening season, and that was Dana Holgerson's only victory over Pitt at home, twenty one twenty. Found a way to get it done versus the Panthers. Uh, last home game of the season that year, and uh, it was a it was a fun one. Sellout crowd. Anytime you beat Pitt was good, so I'll give that one to Dana. Also, his uh, the win on the road at Paycor, which now Paycor Paul Brown, when we blocked the kick against Cincinnati, was was pretty interesting. It, it was also one that we really needed after a freaky Friday in the Joan. Uh, Barris's Marshall for his first career victory. That was nice. That was, and that was the, the the insane day with all the rain. 
He did, and he still put up how many points in that game? What? what how Thirty-four, thirteen. Okay, that's not unreasonable, but we were going for fifty. Oh yeah, easy. <laughs> like, man, there's there's some days we're not going for fifty anymore. Ranger agrees. He he kind of likes the the offense a little bit, or maybe he's more of a Neil Brown guy. Like so, so down. I think the tempo will will decide the game too. We have to win the time of possession like we normally do. Um, Got to stick to our formula. If we do, we we'll sit here next week five and one. It's going to be fun to recap this game too because there's going to be a lot to talk about the coverage of it, the angles, you know, the whole nine yards. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think there's going to. I mean, you're you're definitely going to have some things coming out of this, whether or not, yeah, you know, if you're five and one you know, really kind of what's in front of you. And if, if you find a way to stumble, then what's that truly mean? I think it's going to be be a fantastic game. And, it, and it's kind of a nice little litmus test now because I think, you know, this team's kind of – they're getting some recognition. I mean – Yes. You know, being four and one, you're getting some votes. I think people are starting mm-hmm. to kind of talk about you in a, in a positive light. You know, I, I don't think you're going to have Kirk Herbstreit going anybody but West Virginia anymore. How, how how do you handle now slight expectations and you know really I think probably for the first time this year walking into a game where you're not the dog. The dog. This is the first time I year we're not the dog. That's for sure. That's for sure. Yeah, it's it's a new challenge, and hopefully with the mentality of this team, and I hope they still kind of remember being 14th. They picked you 14th all year. I think that's going to resonate all season though. I really do. Like. Some messages you kind of see it, Mike. Remember with the Bengals, you know, they don't want to play us or why not us. Like, when you get that mantra and then everyone's kind of going the same way like Rich used to do with hold the rope, right? It's kind of it, – sometimes that's when special things happen. So, maybe maybe the same thing could be occurring here. Always good to talk me on your football. We'll come back after this one to talk about it. Uh, going to be interesting one way or the other to see if Dana's head explodes or if Neil – is uh kind of maybe uh crying uh some 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 sorrow tears on his way back to Morgantown, but it'll be interesting. Y'all take it easy till next time. Have a good one. Almost heaven, West Virginia, Blue Ridge Mountain, Shenandoah River. Younger than the mountains, growing like a reed.